Last time on the Skip and Josh podcast. In this pool, if you finish dead last, yeah. you get you get your money back. Oh, so, so you're trying to tank. There's a tanking. There's a tanking option. I'm trying to tank, but the thing is, it's it's against the spread, so it's not that easy to tank. It's not it's like you could just pick all the bad teams because they might cover the spread. The spread is the great equalizer either way. Right. right. So so anyway, I made all these picks, like hoping to get them all wrong. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how I end up doing in the end. You'll probably but, have your best week ever. You're listening to the Skip and Josh podcast with Skip Sherman and Josh Obadia. I'm Josh in Toronto. And I'm Skip in Montreal. In today's episode, we find out who my favorite player is. We talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame. And my brilliant idea for college football. But first, let's start with the National Football League. Okay, Skip, here we go. We have another loaded show to get through. But before we begin, I need to correct myself from our last episode. Okay. I talked briefly about the Raiders, and I said how they used to play in Oakland. They still play in Oakland. In my <laughs> in my head, I thought they had already moved, but they didn't move. Right. So, so I'm correcting myself. They still play in Oakland. Although, funny enough, I heard this week they might have no place to play next year because they can't move to Vegas yet, and apparently Oakland wants to kick them out a year early or something. So I'm not sure what's going to happen, but that's not my problem, so I don't really care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the second thing I want to mention, yes. I, I, ha- I have to get this in. This happened. This is old news now. Um but I have to get this in because I forgot to mention it last time. Mm-hmm. Do you recall the game two weeks ago between the Patriots and the Vikings? I don't at all, no. Okay. Well, during the game at one point, the Patriots challenged a ruling on the field. Mm-hmm. And just after Bill Belichick threw his challenge flag, you may recall that Adam Thielen went over to the Patriots sideline and started yelling at Belichick. I saw the highlight of that, yeah. Yes, so, from now on, for the rest of time, Adam Thielen is my favorite player in the NFL. <laughs> well, he's a very easy player to like, first of all, just with his play on the field, regardless of if he screams and yells at Belichick. Oh, hey, I don't he, care if he doesn't catch another pass for the rest of his career, he's still right. my favorite player ever in the NFL. He's a fun player to watch in the first place. First of all, so good that, for him for yelling at Belichick. And yeah. the other thing that was great about that is, for the first time ever, you actually saw Belichick showing emotion. Well, and, and then I wonder if it, if he got flustered from Adam Thielen because Bill Belichick got a lot of criticism this past week because of that crazy, I mean, it's not his fault when a lateral play, one of these crazy lateraling plays at the end of a game results in a touchdown. It's 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 more of a, more luck than, than anything. But he did have Rob Gronkowski on the field and no safeties, and he got a lot of criticism for that this week, and rightly rightfully so, you know, because... Well, go ahead. No, I mean, I was going to talk about that. I was going to mm-hmm. segue into this uh, New England-Miami game. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch any of the game, but of course I saw no. the highlights. I've seen yeah. the highlights a million times. And so not only was I thrilled when the Patriots lost, as I always am, but I was even more thrilled at how they lost. It, it was, was phenomenal. It, it was shocking. You know, It was like, great. It was shocking. Like when you saw the Miami... Um, team just celebrating like joy jubilation like shock like they were the the celebration after they scored was just amazing you know yeah as it should have been because that was a crazy win that's that is that is that could be my play of the year yeah i i I could see why i mean i think 
I mean, as far as plays go, for sure, it could be, it definitely could be up there. So you're, you're just hinting at that we're going to have in a couple of weeks our end of year episode where we're going to award the play of the year. This is what's called in the business a tease. It's a tease. A tease. Yes. Good. Yeah. You'll have to tune in to see what the actual play of the year is, but that's in the running. That should be. So um, since we're talking about NFL in the category of um, things I didn't get right. <laughs> okay. Because lately we've been tooting our horn about things that we get right. Mm-hmm. Um, I said last week that I didn't have any faith in the Bears and I didn't think their defense was for real. <laughs> and, they, and they went out and intercepted Jared Goff four times and completely shut down Todd Gurley and um, kind of kind of announced themselves as contenders. You know, whereas... People might have been on the fence about the Bears, and then that game sort of cemented their place as like, yeah, we're we're in this, you know? Yeah, the Bears played really well. They deserved the win. They deserve yeah. all the credit. But, I mean, the game was in Chicago. I know. And if, and if these teams have to face each other again, it's not going to be in Chicago. It's not going to be in the cold. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not ruling out the Rams by any stretch. No, no. Um, and listen, what you know, no team is going to go undefeated these days. So the Rams are entitled to lose a couple of games. The the underrated, um, that's not so talked about thing about that game is the fantasy implications. Um, it was a lot of people's playoffs in fantasy football last week. Mm-hmm. And people, a lot of people have been riding um, Jared Goff, the receivers, and Todd Gurley all season to first places or high, high, high you know, high winning records in their fantasy league, basically because of the Rams. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I have Jared Goff in my fantasy pool. He got minus three for me last week. That's um, bad. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, luckily I was playing a complete stiff in the playoffs and I somehow managed to squeak in and I'm in the semis now. But um, in in my other fantasy league, the guy who has uh, second one, <laughs> well, the guy who had Gurley, who basically ran the league all year to first place, is out in the he 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 lost his playoff because Gurley had a terrible game. So um, it's always interesting to <laughs> to look at the fantasy implications. It certainly is. Yeah. Are you going to watch any football this weekend? You know, there's games today. I know there are games today. I'm probably not going to watch any of today's games. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much football I'm going to watch, but there's one team I want to talk about very briefly. Mm-hmm. A team I actually don't really like, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. Ugh, I don't want to talk about it. No, but they have been quite hot ever since they acquired Amari Cooper. It's like yeah. they're. It's like two different seasons for this team. It is before it is. Amari Cooper and after. Well, and, I mean, it just goes to show that, like, what everybody said since the beginning of the year, when they mm. didn't re-sign Des Bryant, not 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 that Amari Cooper is better than Des Bryant at this point in his career. Um, Des was fantastic. Peak Des so far is better than peak Cooper of what we've seen, you know. But um, he needs a guy to throw to, right? And when you yeah, have no. this guy who's a game-breaker, it, it changes everything, you know? It's exactly what I was going to say. Everyone is is uh, is raving about you know the amazing trade that the Cowboys made acquiring Amari Cooper, and obviously yeah. that's helped them immensely. Yeah. Um, but if you ask me, all they really had to do was keep Des Bryant, yeah. um, and and they might have had this this amazing season ever since week one. Maybe. I mean, look, like I just said, I think Cooper Cooper in twenty eighteen is better than Des. 
but you know uh, we don't know that for sure not for sure but i mean he's, clearly they were missing a number one receiver a guy that prescott can just chuck it up and he's gonna catch it you know now exactly. that being said everybody's raving about the crazy game that amari cooper had against the eagles i mean the last touchdown was a complete fluke mm. if you know, like, honestly, the throw is going to hit the ground if it doesn't hit the, the defensive the back's hand. Right. And then that crazy long touchdown pass, everyone's freaking out. Oh, my God, he beat his man so badly. My boss even texted me. He's like, are you watching this game? And I'm like, you know, the guy that he just beat for that touchdown was working at Home Depot three weeks ago. And that's not a joke. That's serious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's four defensive backs on the Eagles that weren't even on a roster three or four weeks ago. You know, so... Yeah, the Cowboys are for real. I I really think their defense is top of the league, top tier of the league, let's say. And they always have a good offensive line. And I don't like Dak Prescott, but he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. You know, he doesn't, he, he, he keeps you in the game, you know, and they have now they have Cooper and Elliott. So they're definitely a team to, you can't take them lightly. I mean, they're going to be in the playoffs and I don't know if I want to play them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't be too worried that yeah, they'll make the playoffs. They're in a really weak division. Um yeah. so I mean, you got to take take their record with a grain of salt because they yeah. wouldn't have as good a record if they were in a normal division. Yeah. Um but it'll be interesting. I, I want to stay I want to stay in that division for a moment actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a there's a football team in Washington if you can call them a football team. Oh yeah, yeah. And um I, I don't like the team, and I'm glad that they're losing, but I'm not sure if I would prefer that they lose every game the rest of the year or that they actually somehow make the playoffs and then lose in the first round. Well, they're not going to make the playoffs. That's oh, they can. they can. They can be a wild I know. Card. I know mathematically it's possible, but they're on, like, what? Their fourth, third, or fourth string quarterback? I know, you know, but you, you you understand that a 500 team is going to make the playoffs. In fact, I, know, I think I know. two 500 teams are going to make the playoffs. I, I know, I know. I'm I, I'm not looking at the math. When you look at the math, yeah, they could be 500. But when you look at the team, they're not winning another game. They're not winning another game. <laughs> well, that would make me happy. You're I mean, right. they, they had Mark Sanchez as their quarterback. And now they've gone to someone else, Mark, another backup to Mark Sanchez as their quarterback. Yeah, How good can is- that be? His name is Josh Johnson, and I think he used to pitch for the Florida Marlins. Is that the same guy? <laughs> it's a different guy, but they have the same name. They have the same name. Um, so, yes, except you're right. They suck, and they should not win another game the rest of the yeah. season. But do you know who they're playing this week? They're playing Jacksonville, who sucks almost as bad. Doesn't matter. Jacksonville, Washington's not going to score more than three points this week. Take the under. Take the under. Okay, you heard it here first. <laughs> so... Speaking of Washington, yeah, you recall that uh, last year their quarterback was Kirk Cousins. Yes, and 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 I I think I said on this show that I wasn't a huge fan of Kirk Cousins. I didn't think he was so amazing. And last year at this time, everyone was talking about how oh he's like a top ten quarterback in mm-hmm. the league, and mm-hmm. he's going to be a free agent, and he's going to cash in, and he's going to get a ton of money, and any team that gets him is going to be really lucky. Well, and so, did, of course, he did cash in and he did get a lot of money, but right. the team that got him is not really lucky. So, yes, he did cash in. He did get a lot of money. Um, and now and now I think the Vikings are kicking themselves because they had a very fine quarterback in Case Keenum just 
literally tossed him to the curb Mm -hmm. and then opened up the vault and gave Kirk Cousins all this money. And I think Kirk Cousins is one of only three players in the entire league who has a guaranteed contract that even if they cut him, he still gets all the money or something. Don't quote me on that. Or a lot of it. A big portion of it. Yeah. Right. So, So now they're like, well... This guy's not that great. This guy's not a top 10 quarterback. This guy's not taking us to the Super Bowl. But my question is, what did you think you were getting? I mean, did you not watch him play with with Washington? He he was never anything that special before. So I don't know why all this hype got created around him, surrounding him. And then y'all had all these teams bidding all kinds of crazy amounts of money for him. He he was he was never such a special quarterback to begin with. There's a few things to get that that go with that is that obviously they thought he was good. So there's people that work for teams that evaluate talent and they go out and they scout. Presumably they looked at Cousins, they said, "Yeah, this guy's an upgrade. We're going to get him." You know? Now, are these guys on crack? We don't know. Like clearly they're not watching everything like that the rest of the league is and all the money they gave him like who did they outbid were they bidding against themselves you know now this is the one thing i wanted to tell you and i and i told you this when he signed with the vikings now you just said case keenum's a fine quarterback case keenum is league average quarterback okay let's let's get that straight he was but, a little bit better than average last year yeah that yes but is he a great quarterback no but what they got what the case keenum that played the second half of the season and in the playoffs for the Vikings last year was a great quarterback. The le- his level of play was was let's say eight out of ten. Like just to give him a number, right? So the problem is you're bringing in Kirk Cousins and he's not playing at the level that Case Keenum was playing at. Like the, he 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 never was going to. Case Keenum was playing out of his mind, you know. So when you're looking at like how is our team going to get better, well. The only way they're going to sign a quarterback, they were never going to ever sign a quarterback that was going to play better than Case Keenum played for them. You know, they needed to they needed to keep Keenum and 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 make the rest of their team better. But my point is, Kirk Cousins is not playing worse than he did last year. He's playing the same that he did last year. He's playing and the yet, same. He's playing the same, and yet people are saying, "Oh, well, this isn't the guy we thought we were getting." But what did you think you were getting? Because he's doing exactly the same thing that he's done his entire career. Which so is, this is what you thought yeah. you should have been getting. What are you gonna do? That's why the Vikings are never gonna win the Super Bowl. Well, they're certainly not gonna win it this year. <laughs> no, the Vikings. By the way, you're not gonna like what I'm about to say. The Vikings and the Eagles are the two most disappointing teams in the league this year. Definitely. Well, and also Atlanta. Ah, you can't trust Atlanta. And what about Jacksonville? Ah, you can't trust Jacksonville. <laughs> One more NFL note. Yeah. So you recall that last week I told you that I'm trying to tank and finish last in my football pool. Oh, yes. How's that going? But it's not easy to tank because you're picking against the spread. So it's not like you can just, you know. Yeah, no, the spread equalizes everything both ways. Right. Yeah. So I made my picks and I made them hoping to get every game wrong. And lo and behold, I had my second best week of the year and I finished in the top 20 and it's very frustrating to me. So the full tank, the full tank situation is not going to work. Well, I mean, I tried again this week. I made my picks already for this week. And what happens if you don't make your picks? What happens? The, the computer makes default picks for you. 
based on what they pick the favorites in every game or well you can you can set your your settings beforehand either you want all the home teams or all the away teams or all the favorite teams or all the underdogs you should take all the underdogs this week i think that's your best chance of losing well it's too late i had to make my picks before the thursday game right okay so um so i'm hoping that i get them all wrong i hope so too i hope you get them all wrong also thanks There's something that I really wanted to talk about, and I know we had a little bit of um, back and forth earlier about mm-hmm. what's on your list and what's on your list and what do you want to talk about. And College football. Yes, I'm finished with NFL football, but I do want to talk about college football. Oh, for I a wanted moment. to bring that up because um, we spoke off air after we finished recording last week. You said, oh, I wanted to talk about NCAA football. So mm-hmm. I here's your chance. Like, what do you have to say about it? Because we, we talk about NCAA football maybe once or twice a year. Right. Usually, usually around this time when the, the BCS matchups are, mm-hmm. are are set. And then usually maybe another time before the championship game. That's that's the extent of our NCAA football situation. Right. Well, I don't I don't like college football. And, and yeah. I'm going to sound like a broken record because I'm going to say some things that I said a year ago. Number mm-hmm. one, the fact that you have to wait more than a month to find out the champion in college football is a joke. Like the season ended two weeks ago and we're not going to know until January. But they're student athletes, Josh. They have to have their exams. You're funny. You're very funny. (laughs) So the exams take a week. Like the college basketball players, they're student athletes as well, but they're playing games in December. What can I tell you? So why can't football players play games in December? Anyway, that's not even really what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. What I want to talk about, the whole system is flawed. Like you have this system where they pick the four teams and there's always debate. Oh, you know, this team should have been in. This team should not have been in. You know, same thing when they pick the March Madness teams, except the difference in March Madness is there's 68 teams. And so maybe there's like four teams that didn't, didn't get in that should have got in. But those four teams, the number 69, 70, 71, and 72 teams, mm-hmm. they weren't going to win the whole thing anyway. So even if they didn't get in... It cost them a trip to the tournament, but it wasn't like they were going to win the championship. But don't you think this system is better than what they did for 100 years when they just had a poll to create to give the national championship? It's, it's a million times better than what they used to do before. A <laughs> okay, hundred, okay. hundred million At least we can establish better. that. Okay. We can't establish that. And I'm not suggesting, you know, there's always talk like, oh, they're going to add eight. You know, they're going to make it eight teams one day. There's going to be eight teams. Within they the next three years, there's going to be eight teams. There has they, to be. They probably will increase it to eight teams, 100%. Mm-hmm. But... But the system is still flawed because you have an undefeated team like UCF that plays in a very weak conference that has a very UCF. weak schedule. Yeah. And and they can't even get in because everyone just assumes, you know, oh, their schedule is terrible. They it didn't is. play they didn't play anybody. They didn't. So, so they can't be in the they can't be in the final four. Yeah. But what you're forgetting is that teams like Alabama and Ohio State and all of these powerhouses, they they play this this uh, puffy schedule where they schedule games against the Citadel and they win 56 to nothing. Yeah, but that's not their whole schedule. That's one or two wins out of their schedule. The rest of their schedule is SEC or Big Ten. They're playing, you know, Ohio's play, Ohio State's playing Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and, and you know, Alabama is playing, they beat LSU and they're playing Florida, Florida State and Florida, you know, the, the, it, that's not a puffy schedule. Okay. If you look, I don't have the schedules in front of me. If you look yeah. at Alabama's schedule or LSU's schedule or or Clemson's schedule, especially mm-hmm. Clemson, Notre Dame's schedule, well, Notre Dame's uh, an independent. They're Ohio's different. schedule, they they all play twelve or thirteen games. Yeah, 
and maybe, maybe half of those games are against top 25 teams. Maybe. Okay. So that means that more than half of their games are against crappy teams. Yeah. So luckily for them, I have a brilliant solution for college football. Let's hear it. Josh is going to create the perfect playoff system for college football. It's not even a playoff system. It's a system. It's not just a playoff system. Oh, okay. Hear okay. me out. This is a long thing, so hear me out for a minute. All right. I'm going to just sit, put, put, push mute. I'm going to sit back and listen. Yeah, because I don't like the fact that you have these 72 to nothing games or whatever it is, and there's been a few of those. And then, and then you have these debates. Well, whose schedule was tougher? Does this team deserve to be in? Does this team not deserve to be in? I mean, when you're looking at professional sports, whoever has the better record gets in. It's that simple. Yeah. So here's my suggestion. You take today, you look at the rankings today, and you take the top 13 teams. You're already starting off, you're already starting off on the totally, you're, you're starting off on a wrong thing. No, no, no. You're starting off by looking at the rankings. That that's the biggest part of the okay, problem. Hold on, and if that's hold your on. starting point. Don't, your rest this, of your thing this is corrects flawed. itself. This corrects itself over time. You have to listen to the whole thing. Okay. You take you take the rankings today, whatever they are. Apparently, these experts have done these rankings, and they know that you know this team's better than this team, and so on and so forth. You take the top thirteen teams in the country. Next year, those thirteen teams only play each other in a round robin. That is it. Doesn't matter what conference you're in. It doesn't matter if you're on the east side of the country, the west side of the country, north, south. You only play those teams. Therefore, at the end of the season, every team will have played 12 games. And they will all have had the exact equal strength of schedule because yeah, all they no did good, was play this each other. no good. It's hold on, it's brilliant because it's you're not then brilliant. you're going to have then you're going to have teams like you're gonna, no one's gonna be undefeated. First of all, but the which, team who's number one in 2018, their quarterback's graduating, and now they have someone else in 2019. Okay. It's not even the same team. Let me finish. Let <laughs> me finish. They play each other, and then you're not gonna have any undefeated teams. You know, a team like Alabama, which is great, might only go, you know, ten and two or nine and three or who knows what, and that might be good for first overall in in the whole country. Then you can easily say, well, these are the top four teams because they all had the same exact schedule and these four teams had the best record. So those are the four teams that go to the playoffs. Hold on. I'm not done there yet. What happens the following season is whichever team finished 13th, they're out. They are no longer in this group of 13. And then whoever was the best team out of all the others moves up into this Let's call them the professional bracket, if you will. Call them whatever you want to call them. This system's too complicated. It'll it's not. Work. It's exactly what they do in soccer. It's brilliant. The difference is there's 300 Division One teams, but 250 of those teams are useless. But that's the whole point. You're already discounting 250 of them. You're you're discounting the UCFs of the world. No, because you, you just stuck up for UCF, them, and now you're saying they have no chance. No, because UCF is in the top 13 right now. They wouldn't have been three years ago when no one knew who they were, okay, so they wouldn't so, have been in your rankings. But they would have moved up because, like I said, the bottom team moves out, and the and the next team moves listen, back up. Listen, I love your theory. It's you don't, great. You hate it. It's fine no, if no. you hate it, but this no, is no, no. brilliant. Your 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 thing is really well thought out. And it makes a lot of sense, but it's not in any reality. 
It's not, it's not going to ever work in any kind of planet that we're living on. This is, you're, you're thinking like a perfect world. They're, first of all, no one, none of the teams are going to ever agree to this. No one's even going to consider it. Well, hold like, on a second. Hold on a second. The reason it's not going to work is the reason that nothing works in this world. Like, for example, think about things that you do at work. And how many times have you heard this at your office or whatever? Oh, well, this is how we've always done it. So this is how we're going to do it. That, that is the dumbest day. thing I've ever heard. I hear it yeah. every day. Yeah. And just because something's been done a certain way for 25 years or 100 years or whatever it is, doesn't mean you have to continue doing it the same way. But we've only been doing this. They've only had this BCS teams with the four with the four teams for how long? 10 years? I know, but they've had these conferences like the SEC and the Big Ten and the ACC and you have to play your conference schedule. That's been around for longer than you That's and I have never been going to change in it's never going to change well that. that's why people need to think outside the box why does it why should it not change why do i only have to play no, teams in my you're own conference? The whole point of college football that's the whole that's the whole thing what, what is the whole point of college football it's not to award a national champion so what is the it? college football is so that the winner of the Patriot League can go and win their conference and win their bowl games. And if you go to Brown and your team wins wins the um, the Ivy League and you win the championship, that banner and that trophy are in the Brown University case forever. And students that went to Brown, a 250th ranked team in the country, are always going to be able to say, we won the Ivy League. We won the Alamo Car Rental Bowl. Whatever, whatever they want to call it, you know, that's what college football is about. That's what that's what collegiate sports is about. It's not winning the national championship. It's winning your league. It's winning your little piece of the pie. That's why there's so many bowl games. The bowl games are important. Well, the other 275 some odd teams that are not in my group of 13, yeah. they can play their conference games. No, but, you're, play their but you just said tournament. you want to scrap the conferences. For those 13 teams. That you can't do that. You're going to just take Alabama out of the SEC for one year. I will. A hundred percent I will. All I'm saying is that your thing is thought out and it's definitely thinking outside the box, but you're living in another universe. You're so, on your own planet. So if you continue the way it's been, yeah. you're going to have Alabama playing against teams like the Citadel every year and winning games 50 to nothing. That's and part of it. What is the point of that? That's that's part of that's part of the way college football works. What can I tell well, you? Well, that's a mistake. If you're going to allow teams to make their own schedule, which mm -hmm. by the way, that's a joke in itself. Yeah. Um then you should say to them, well, no, you can't play a team so that's ranked So who should make low. the schedule? The, the, the league should make the schedule, just like in every other sport. So the SEC should make their schedule. Yeah. And they shouldn't have any out-of-conference games. Well, you just said it's all about the conference. Should, so, should the same thing apply to college basketball? Should Duke never play Army or 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 they shouldn't be playing against Kentucky in the, 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 the preseason? No, what I'm suggesting is if you're going to play a team outside of your conference, yeah. that it can't be a team that's ranked 200th if you're ranked in the top five. But the whole thing is the ranking is a subjective thing. That's the whole point. The biggest problem with college football is that a poll comes out before they've even played a game. That's a mistake. That's right? a mistake. So right? then everything is based off basketball. the rankings. Everything is based off a ranking that's completely subjective. And Except you started your premise by saying we're going to take the ranking. Well, throw it out the window. That's because garbage. the first year you have to start somewhere, but it ends up correcting itself because if there are teams in my 13 that are not good, they will finish last and they will end up being out of it. 
the reason why I don't want to talk about this anymore is I don't care about college football. So I don't know why I'm like making such a big deal out of it. I don't know why you're so passionate about this crazy system. Because all I hear at this time of year is how this team should be in and this team shouldn't be in. And how do we know who's better than who? And if this team played that, it's team, always going to be that them? way. Even in your system, the team who finishes 14th is going to complain, is going to be like the teams who finish 14th and 15th in the polls are going to be like, oh, we got screwed. We're not in the top 13. Yeah, but no they, matter, would get in, they would get in the following year. It, it, how do you know they're going to get in? Because like I said, you drop the worst team and you add a, the, the, the best team from the rest that goes into the big group. But that's the following year. A whole other season's being played. How do you know the team that wasn't 30th goes undefeated? Now they're like, well, we're 30th, but we don't get a chance to go in even though we're undefeated? Whatever. That's If you were, <laughs> if you were 30th, you weren't going to win the championship. I'm just saying, UCF two years ago was 30th. I think they were higher. Whatever it is. They've only ever made it to the top 10 this year. That was okay. their first time ever in the top 10. So then they'd be in. <sighs> You're not listening to me. <laughs> whatever. I, whatever. I, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Okay. So who do you like in the, in the, in the, in the, in the games? Do you even care? Are you even going to watch them? I'll, I'll watch, but I don't, I don't know. That's, that's what infuriates me right now. Because you've just gone on for 10 minutes so passionately defending your position and you don't even give a shit about who wins the games. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. You're not even going to watch the goddamn sport. I'll watch the championship game. <laughs> I watch it every year. <laughs> you got me all riled up. You're not even going to watch the stupid thing. It's great. <laughs> now our show is not PG anymore. <laughs> Major League Baseball. All right. Can we talk about baseball? Yes. What do you think about the Hall of Fame inductions this week? I think it's disgusting. I, I, the only good I'm thing so about happy the... that, um, oh my God, after all this argument that we just had about college football, I'm so happy you told me it's disgusting because I, I have some interesting points to throw at you. The, the only good thing about the Baseball Hall of Fame, well, not the only good thing, but it's the only yeah. Hall of Fame that's actually difficult to get into. All the others are pretty easy to get into. Well, it was until now. Until now. Well, actually, <laughs> this this started a year ago when you recall, I think Alan, Alan Trammell and Lou Whitaker got yeah. in as like in the veterans category or whatever they're calling it. I don't it, know what they I call, call it. I call it the veterans committee, but it's called something else now. Yeah. Um, so now this is the second year where these two guys who didn't get in on the first try, all of a sudden now they can get in again. Well, what's the point of having these votes in the first 10 years after you retired if yeah. if 20 years later you can get in another way? What's the yeah. point of it? Well, I mean, the... The idea of that Veterans Committee, and again, I'm calling it the Veterans Committee. I don't even know what it's really called. Um, the idea is to kind of police the oversights, you know, and and things that the sports writers may have gotten wrong, which, which I get. But I read an interesting article this week when you look at statistically like the 25 worst Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. There are like 23 of them were put in by the Veterans Committee. Right. <laughs> so there you go. And when you when you say to, to, to correct the mistakes that the writers made, it's not like the writers had one chance to get this right. You yeah. have 10 years on the yeah. ballot. So yeah. you're telling me that the writers made mistakes for 10 consecutive years? Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. But I mean, when I heard Lee Smith got in, I wasn't like upset about it. Okay. Because they're, they're starting to put in closers now, right? Mm-hmm. So Rivera's not in because he's like, well, he's, he's going to get in in yet. a few months. Yeah, the idea of closers going in the Hall of Fame is just starting, but like Lee Smith, he's like third on the all-time saves list still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And and when he retired, he was number one. Right. Right. 
And like my criteria for the Hall of Fame is were you the most or one of the most dominant players at your position during your era? And I think Lee Smith fits that. Okay. Because to me, he was the top closer in the league for most of the 80s, like basically all of the 80s. So I'm not so opposed to putting him in. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how you feel about it. Harold Baines is another story. Well, I I have to look at Lee Smith's stats other than saves. Like how many strikeouts did he have? What was his ERA? Tons. Well, his ERA is like three, 3.03 or something. You know, stuff like that. Um, I mean, he was certainly very dominant when he played at his, in his era. If that's, if that's your definition, if that's your criteria, then he meets that criteria. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's impossible to compare Lee Smith to uh, Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, the whole Hall of Fame thing is a slippery slope, right? Because now, as soon as one closer goes in, where do you stop? Because when you look at Lee Smith's career stats, they're the same as Jeff Reardon's. Is Jeff Reardon a Hall of Famer? Oh, I was going to mention him. And then, and now you talked about, like, Craig Kimbrell and the, the current closers. Like, where does it, it never ends? But that's the whole thing with the Hall of Fame now. And and it's it's more... I'm going to segue to Harold Baines and nothing against Harold Baines. Actually thought he's a fine player, (laughs) but as soon as the hall of fame gets bigger and bigger and bigger, like Mm -hmm. more people get in. So then it's always going to get easier and easier to get in because you're always going to compare it to the lowest common denominator. You know, you're going to compare it to the weakest one. So like when you look at like Harold Baines, well, they're comparing him to whoever, you know, like who, who has this many stats, you know, well now, now that Harold Baines is in, where does it stop? You know? Yeah, no, I, it's, you're absolutely right. And, and they're going to apparently do this every year because it's the second year in a row now. Yeah. Well, did you read the art? Well, I mean, the thing with, the thing with Harold Baines is that like, I'm sure you read this week, like the people were on that committee that voted him in. Yeah. They were his manager and his general manager. Jerry Reinsdorf's there and, and Tony La Russa and like, and um, what's his name? Gillick, right? Like guys that have ties to Harold Baines. And apparently he's like the nicest guy in the world. Right. And like, he might be the nicest guy in the the ultimate. No. So these guys really like him and they stuck up for him. And I read an interview with Tony La Russa that said the people that don't think Harold Baines is a hall of famer don't know what they're talking about. And I was like, really? (laughs) Okay. Thanks, Tony. (laughs) Well, what are his career numbers? He doesn't have he doesn't have 400 homers. I'm going to ask you a question now, right? Mm. Tony Perez. Mm-hmm. You know Tony Perez? Yeah, yeah. He's a Hall of Famer, right? Is he? I don't he remember. He is. He is. Oh, so okay, so you, he he's a Hall of Famer. He's been in the Hall of Fame for I don't know how many years already. So here's Tony Perez's stats. 23 seasons in the majors. 2732 hits. 279 career batting average, 379 home runs, 1,652 RBIs. Mm -hmm. Harold Baines has virtually the same stats as Tony Perez. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He has actually more hits in 22 seasons. He has more hits, 2,800 hits. He has a 289 batting average. He has 384 home runs, which is five more home runs. And he has 628 RBIs, which is less slightly less very slightly less rbis than Prince. so they, they basically have the same stats and they basically had almost the same career they played both played for over 20 years so you know once you start comparing stats you're like well he's in well why can't he be in you know so i don't know congratulations to harold baines but i just think like we've we've uh i i don't want i want to i don't want to steal this phrase from somebody but you know it's the hall of very good now 
Yeah, we, it's not they the hall of great. Can of worms. It's it's like any anybody can get in because like like who who else could get in? I, I started when you go on like Baseball Reference that website, right? Mm-hmm. You could see the players, and they will show you most similar by stats. That's how I saw Tony Perez. They show you the players that are most similar to them in their career, and there's other guys that are gonna be like. Why aren't they in the Hall of Fame? Dave Parker. Why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? He has the same stats as these guys. So next year we'll be talking about Dave Parker. Well, we won't be because Dave Parker doesn't have Jerry Reinsdorf, Tony Larusa, and Pat Gillick on the Veterans Committee committee to stick up for him. But the Veterans Committee doesn't they? Don't they change the people on the committee from time I don't to know. time? I don't know how it works. <laughs> Do you want to talk more baseball? You want to give a little Toronto spin on the whole thing? No, I mean the only no, thing. No, not on gonna... the Hall of Fame. That the Jays released Tulowitzki this week. Oh yeah, um, I mean, listen, the Tulowitzki was never going to play another game for the Jays anyway, so it didn't yeah. really matter. The only yeah. thing is now they owe him thirty-eight million dollars for sitting at home and doing nothing. But he was going to sit at home do nothing anyway because I don't think that guy is ever going to be healthy enough to play again. He's had injuries every single year of his career. But like he really had his injuries really started when he got to Toronto. Because he's no, he no, no, mostly no, no, healthy no. in Colorado. If you, no. if, if you recall, I remember, I remember I had him in fantasy when he was on the Rockies. Yeah. And he'd get injured every year on the Rockies. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and so, also, another thing, a lot of his offensive numbers were inflated in Colorado. As, yeah, for sure. As, as you keep alluding to when I keep mentioning Nolan Arenado. Yeah. Um, and, and Larry Walker. But, uh, but yeah, so... So he wasn't going to play another game for the Jays anyway. So the only thing, I mean, they could have kept him and not let any other team get him, but they still would have had to pay him $38 million and he would have just sat at home and done nothing because he's not going to play. I don't think he's, I don't think any other team is going to pick him up anyway. Like he's done. Well, what's the advantage for the Jays for releasing him? Nothing or? There's no, there's no advantage. It's just, you know, now we don't have to think about him. I mean, they, we're they, paying him they, anyway, so just let's get him off our radar, right? Right. I mean, so I mean, if he if they kept him on the roster, he would have come to spring training, just yeah. like all the other fifty nine guys, and yeah, he would yeah. have worked out, and he would have got like his treatment, and you know, <laughs> and and then and then the young guys who are trying to crack a spot on the roster would have thought, oh, they're going to go with this old guy again. But you know, the the Jays have already pretty much said that they're going with a youth movement. I mean, yeah. they have a few old guys on the roster that they're trying to get rid of, like like yeah. Russell Martin, but I don't know if anyone wants him. Right. Um so he wasn't he wasn't gonna play another game for them anyway, and they had to pay him that money. Uh, there was no way they were gonna get out of it. It was a contract that he signed with with Colorado. They didn't yeah, yeah, even, yeah. um yeah. so I, I'm just I'm surprised how how big a deal this 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 like note or or transaction was because i mean i understand in toronto it's you know it's it's because it's the jays but yeah. like the fact that they mentioned it on pti yeah like, i know i was it, also surprised about about it because the, no because the 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 rest of the the national media that's talking about this outside of canada it's because they don't follow it close enough so pti is talking about it because they don't know what's going on in toronto they don't follow it you know they they, they know he's been injured but they don't realize how bad it's been Right. Like th- it should have just been like a footnote and it should have been like, oh, by the way, like on the ticker, Jay's released Troy Tulowitzki yeah. and that's yeah. it. Like it shouldn't yeah. have been like a whole story. So that's sort of the end of the era in Toronto, in a, the way I look at it, in that all that that vaunted lineup, you know, when, when the Jays went for it and they made those trades at the trading deadline, you know, they acquired Tulowitzki and they still had Batista and they had uh, Donaldson and, and Edward Encarnacion, who also got traded this week. 
It's it's kind of that's it. It's it's the end of the era. No, they still have Russell Martin. Well, he's, okay. he's the only holdover <laughs> from that lineup. Yeah. Um. But uh, but yeah, I mean, they're trying to unload him too. Yeah, um, and I heard so, Aaron Sanchez too. They want to trade, which I find hard to believe. Well, I mean, they're just they they're just trying to stockpile young guys and draft picks. I think at this point. Right, because uh, so, they're not going. They're not going to compete this year. So what's the point? You might as right. well hit rock bottom like what Baltimore did last year, yeah, yeah. rather than be mediocre. There's no guarantee about hitting rock bottom, but it, you have to start somewhere. There's a lot of Jays fans that are not happy with the current general manager and and the, and the whole front office uh, with the of the Jays. Well, they didn't like it. A lot of Jays fans didn't like it right away because the previous administration was in the mode like we're going to try to win and we're going to do everything to win. We're going to acquire players for now, right? Like the mm-hmm. Tulowitzki deal, right? And like we're going to get players to win now. And then as soon as the, this current administration came in, they tried to undo everything mm-hmm. that. Um, what was his name? The GM? Um, Anthopolis. Anthopolis. They tried to undo everything that Anthopolis had done because they have, I guess, more of an eye on the future. Or, you know what? But, you know, you're still a business that has to draw fans, you know? Yeah. But I mean, and they're also competing with the Red Sox and the Yankees in the same division who there's no team in the AL East that's going to be able to compete with those two teams. This well, year. you said that the Jays fans said that for years, but then there was that little window where they could. Right, because the Red Sox and Yankees had those off years. Yeah, yeah. but they're not going to do that next year. The Yankees and Red Sox are going to be no. right there. No, again, for the this, foreseeable this future. Yeah, for the foreseeable future, the Red Sox are loaded, and they're they're basically became what the Yankees were. They're always going to spend whatever money's necessary. Right, and the Yankees are just full of young players right now. Like and they might, and they might get Bryce Harper. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the Yankees, the way the Yankees are built, are all on their homegrown prospects. You know, Ari Sanchez, Aaron Judge, Andahar. Um, who was the other guy? Uh, Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres. But they got right? him in the um, in the um, Araldis Chapman trade. Yeah, I know, but, but but you know what I mean. They're all like these players are all yeah. under twenty four, yes, <laughs> right? Yes. Glaber right? Torres just turned twenty two this week. There you go. I mean, so. the, the, and then well, I mean they they got Stanton, but who knows? So yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen with Machado and Harper. It seems like uh, we're gonna be wait. We're gonna wait waiting mode to see where these two big fish are gonna sign. I think they're asking for too much money because they, you know, for sure Harper was offered three hundred million and he turned it down. But I can't see any team offering him more than that. But I told we we said that when they when he heard that he turned that down, we said that right away. But like that's Scott Boris's mo. He's always gonna take his player to free agency. Always, of course, of course. You know, let him do that. And you know, you're but what rolling team, the dice. What team is gonna sit, sit there and say, oh yeah, here we'll give you more than three hundred million dollars? Well, thirty one. Maybe three hundred and ten. <laughs> I guess, but like, I don't. I don't know. I don't think they're. I don't think he's gonna get more than three hundred million. But like maybe he'll just pick up, his. He'll pick his spot, though. He'll pick his team that he wants to go to. That's what, his, what might that's end up happening. Right. He might get more than thirty per year, but it's only gonna be like a two or three year deal. It's not gonna be a ten year deal. Well, he's not gonna accept a two or three year deal. He might. He might. Like he you might think. So? Take, yeah, I want. If you are offered thirty three million a year for three years. You're getting like a hundred mil almost for three years. You're not going to take that. I wouldn't if someone was offering me two hundred million for ten. I know, but I don't think anyone is. That's what I'm no, saying. No, no, but not three hundred. Two hundred. Twenty million a season. Hmm. I'd rather have two hundred million dollars in the bank than sixty. <laughs> I, I knowing that you could be injured. What happens? In, what happens? If you tear your ACL that third year. I know, but I don't think these players think that way. 
They no, I, I don't know. They're not getting. Sometimes they they're really not getting good advice from their agents. They honestly. don't have the long term thinking. They just no. Like, but the agents are 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 only seeing dollar signs. They're not looking at the the overall, um, the overall. When I and I don't want to use the word health. Health is not the right word because I'm not talking about physical health. I'm talking about mental health. It's quality of life. Everything, everything, the 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 players, the players' well being in general. You know, mm. it's it, the 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 agents see the dollar signs because they want their commission, and that's what they want. Right. You, know? you need you need Jerry Maguire to be your agent. You need him on the sidelines hugging you. You know. <laughs> I never liked I never liked Scott Boris even way back when he had some players on the Expos. Yeah, of course. I, I he never drove liked a hard it. bargain, and we, the Expos couldn't pay anybody. <laughs> but but I like him even less now because I've heard some things that he said just in the last few weeks. Yeah. And like, this guy thinks he's I don't know who he thinks he is. You know, it's one thing to talk about your own players that you're representing. Do what you want. They're your players. They're your clients. But he like, talks about others. Yeah. He talks about other teams. Like, like this team, they they should be embarrassed because they're not trying to win. And and this team, like, look what they've done to their roster. Like, it's none of your business what the teams are doing. That's not your job. Don't <laughs> don't make comments about teams. Yeah. Like, let him run a team. See how it is. Right. Yeah. I'd like to see him on the other foot negotiating with the agents. Right, exactly. Well, right. there is. The GM of the Mets was a player yeah. agent a few weeks okay. ago. Yeah, well, we'll see how that goes. And Scott Boris is very upset about that. I don't know if you heard. But he why is he it, upset about it? He thinks it's a conflict of interest that that the guy who was an agent a few weeks ago is now a general manager of a team because he knows all this insider info about all the players that he used to represent and he thinks it's a conflict of interest. I hate I, to tell you, there's a lot of bigger conflict of interest in the world right now than that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he was still a player agent while he yeah. was a GM, that yeah. would be a problem. But he's yeah. not anymore. Right, right. So, anyway. Well, I didn't want to get into politics there. We're going going to a place where we don't want to go. I have many political questions, but that's for a different show. We could have a politics episode if you want. Uh, I, I don't know <laughs> enough about it. Yeah. I'm a political science major. I know you are. I know. <laughs> That's why I have many questions for you for another day. So before we sign off, remember, you can listen and subscribe to new and archived episodes of the Skip and Josh podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Um, If you do uh, listen to the show, please leave us a review. Um, And we'd love to hear from you via email, skipandjoshshow at gmail.com, via Twitter at skipandjosh.com or by liking and following our Facebook page. And skipandjosh.com has all the links to subscribe. Speaking of reviews, we got a review this week. We did? Yeah. MBOMTCUS. I don't know who that is. Love getting a sports podcast from a Canadian perspective. The interplay between Montreal and Toronto perspectives is great too. The strongest part of the podcast, though, is the rapport between the hosts. Not only are Skip and Josh knowledgeable hosts, they play off each other very well. So we'll see what MBOM TCU um, thinks about this episode when we're screaming at each other. Okay. We leave you with this. We had our office um, holiday party. It was a potluck lunch. Yeah, how was um, that? so... Well, I mean, people, some people actually made things, you know, from scratch at home. And, and for those that don't like to cook or bake, they, they, they brought stuff, you know, they went and bought something at a, at a restaurant and brought it in. Right. Um, so, you know, there was always way too much food, which is fantastic. Um, but what one thing, one interesting item that somebody brought that I wanted to mention to you is that somebody brought Popeye's chicken. Oh, 
that's some serious. First of all, Popeye's chicken is disgusting. Yes. It's gross and greasy. Yes. But my son is obsessed with it. And yes. He's, he's willing to travel to other cities just other, to go get Popeye's chicken. Other which he provinces. Has done. Other provinces. He has to other leave provinces. the province. Yeah. 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 Anytime we've come to Toronto, it's like the first thing is we're going to Popeye's. Well, that's why as soon as I saw it, I thought, too bad your son isn't at my holiday party. That would my be great. You should, have, you should have took a picture. You should have pick, took a picture and sent it to him. You would have loved uh, it. I knew I would. I knew I would talk to you about it on this show. Right. That's so awesome. So, so I do have an interesting tidbit. We never talk about the NBA. Well, because you told me we were not allowed to. I know we put a ban on it. But I <laughs> want to tell you there was some interesting. There was a very interesting little, almost transaction this week in the NBA. I'm going to read you the article, like the first section of it. Is this the trade that almost happened? Yeah, a three-team trade involving the Washington Wizards, Phoenix Suns, and Memphis Grizzlies that centered around Trevor Ariza is dead. <laughs> the Grizzlies reported we believe they were trading Marshawn Brooks to the Suns as part of the deal, but the Phoenix but Phoenix was under the impression they was they were acquiring Dylan Brooks. <laughs> so the trade like didn't go through because the one team thought they were trading one guy and the other team thought they were getting another guy that had the same last name. That's hilarious. Only in the NBA. Yeah, that reminds me of the time that the, the, the manager wanted a certain reliever from the bullpen and the, and the bullpen coach thought it was a different guy and they sent the wrong guy to the mound. And he's like, no, 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 I don't want that guy. Give me the other guy. Yeah. One more thing. Um, Bruce Springsteen on Broadway, you know, like he's had this run of shows. The last show is today. Oh, are you going? No, tickets are on. Tickets are going for as high as what I read as 40,000. That's a lot. But um, as of tomorrow... You can see a version of the show on Netflix. Oh, okay. Interesting. So I'm going to be watching that tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, I, I heard it's a, I heard it's the same. It's the, He does the same show every time. So if you see one of them, yeah. you've seen them all. I think it's literally like 99% the same every time. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. I saw somebody uh, at my office this week wearing cufflinks. And the picture on the cufflinks was the cover of Born in the USA. I want those. I'll well, I don't steal, wear cufflinks, so... <laughs> I'll steal them from him and, and bring them to you. Very cool. All right, I'll speak to you next time. Next episode, the next two episodes should be uh, face-to-face. Yes, that's great. I'm excited for that. Okay. I'll...